ahead is a challenge going out on social media. The real challenge is the naked Christ on the cross. I'm serious. The real challenge is the naked Christ. Because you know that, 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 that picture of Christ on the cross with something on his waist. No, that's just PG so that your children can watch it too. Christ was stuck naked on the cross. I need you to understand. He was naked on the cross. That's why the devil is just a counterfeit. It's a fake. And I, I can't understand why you know why you about my body. All you present is your body. And you can't be globalizing the things that should be privatized. It's not right. The internet never forgets. But beyond that, the real challenge is the naked Christ on the cross. And he did that just for you to be clothed with the garment of the righteousness of Christ, in, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But how do you devalue yourself to become naked to social media, on social media? It doesn't make sense. I believe we wouldn't do that. I don't believe anybody under our ministry always had the word of the gospel. We go to that extreme. But if you know friends, please do not judge them. Just lovingly tell them how unwise that is. Not foolish, unwise <laughs> that is. Amen. Pray for me this morning. God is good. How many of you were blessed last week? Cross position one. If you were not in church last week, I crave your indulgence. Go on the YouTube channel of the Logic Church. Do you know? All our services and our messages are free on YouTube. There's actually a particular bishop from outside of the country. I don't want to mention his country unless he's watching me because I know he's watching me already. So, so what he does, he goes on YouTube, listen to what we've preached, and goes to preach it too. And he says it to me, just know I'm doing copying and paste. I'm like, it's fine. Until I preach the one that I say, ah, that, this one I cannot preach it. It's very deep. My people will not understand it. Amen. So please um, take advantage. Go on the YouTube um, channel of the Logic Church and feed your faith. I encourage you to stay cautious in this whole second wave, but do not live in fear. Go out, do what you've got to do, knowing that you already have the victory in Christ Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Numbers chapter 23. Numbers chapter 23. Can we stand for the reading of God's word? Let's go into the word of God. Numbers chapter 23. Pray for me today. The, um, just going to, I'm believing to end this, this series next week, Sunday, by God's grace. So let me give you a heads up. It's a long drive to the mountain. <laughs> Those of you who just wait for the mountain experience, I'm talking to Waneka, talking to Moji, I'm talking to you know yourselves. Just wait. It's a long drive to the mountain experience. Amen. But God is going to bless you this morning. And everybody said amen. For me, the ring and everything doesn't sound like me. Behold, I have received, Numbers 23, from verse 20 to 23, I have received a commandment to bless, and he hath blessed. So the blessing was already there. I'm just giving voice to the blessing. You understand that? He hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. So the blessings of God are without, without repentance. Give me the next verse 21. He had, not, <laughs> he had not beheld iniquity in Jacob. Never have he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord is God with him. 
and the shout of a king is among them. I give you the, before we go to the, to, to the 22nd and 23rd, I give you a backdrop. This is Balak hiring Balaam to curse the people of God. And it was a difficult tussle trying to curse the people that God has blessed. You know? I just want you to know that you're a blessed people and there's no curse that can work on your life. Okay, because you don't believe, let me say it again. <laughs> there is no cost that can work on your life because you're blessed. Give me verse 22. 22, let's go. God brought them out of Egypt. He had as it were the strength of a unicorn. Give me verse 23. Surely there is no enchantment, no voodoo, no juju, no whatever against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. According to the time, it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, what hath God wrought? Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 and then we go from there. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing. The word rightly dividing in the Greek is orthothomio. So when I say orthothomiology, I'm saying the, the, the study of rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. And like, like I said last week, if he says rightly dividing the word of truth, it actually suggests that you can wrongly divide the word of truth. That's why our, our series continuing the second installment this morning is cross-positioning. God sees the believer through the cross. God sees you through the cross. Everything we receive from God we receive through the cross. Everything God gives and the way he deals with us, he deals with us through the cross. Father, thank you for your word this morning. If you can pray in tongues, can you pray in tongues for the next 20 seconds? Bola takabashi. Brotomongo digividi hadalabazu pretesis. I can hear you. Mona manda kazi poje. Ji broto vokolo bodo ji pratashete. Brati koboho shoponen indi kufuli brihita dazus. Manemo koshivre de mendo pola di devazo. Zebrono mondri kitebro shuta patoshe. Bale broto kide bedibushita. Broto pakoshi de bale babandi kotoshe. Vanendo puli de viki de bizupri talavero. Meningro tu vili. Brutusi, Bagadaheto Jeco, and the Mandro Sufeke, and the Boshe Trevisus, Halebocoche. Oh, glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Chidi, good to see you, child of five. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, Paul is advising his, his son, Timothy. He said to him, till I come, give attendance to reading and to exhortation and to doctrine. So this is what Timothy um, is asked to do. Paul is speaking to his son, Timothy, and says, before I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Painfully so. I said last week that somebody said, I don't even know who that is, says, if you want 
want to hide something from an African man, put it in the book. And I will say to you, if you want to hide something from a child of God, put it in the Bible. Because we don't give attention to reading. We don't give attention to exhortation. We don't give attention to doctrine. And I said this to you last week, that um, any passion to preach without a burden to study is just a desire to perform. I'm going to say that again. Any passion to preach without a burden to study is just a desire to perform. I'm saying that because we live in a system where everybody's a pastor, if you know what I mean. Everybody's a pastor. Everybody can actually go on IG Live and that's your church right here. You're talking, you're listening to you. You can actually go on YouTube and open your YouTube channel and you're talking and they're listening to you. You can go on Facebook and do Facebook like and you're talking and they're listening to you. But the truth is any passion to preach without a burden to study is just a desire to perform. And I dare say to you, there are many people Sunday mornings who are just performing on stage because what they actually want to do is that there is an innate, insatiable desire to perform. Paul sends a message to Timothy, do not join these bad gangs of people who want to perform every Sunday morning. Make sure you give attention to study. Make sure you give attention to reading. And then says to Timothy, study to show thyself approved. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Like I said to you last week, one major dividing line in scripture is the cross. The cross position is one of the most powerful tool for accurate biblical interpretation because the cross changed everything. Can I give you a heads up, church? One of the most powerful aspects of my preaching is when I'm here talking in the beginning, first five, ten minutes, not when I come down to you. So take pay attention to that. Just saying. Rightly dividing the word of truth. One major dividing line in scripture is the cross. The cross position is one of the most powerful tool for accurate biblical interpretation because the cross changed everything. There are some things, like I mentioned to you, um, from the old covenant that gets to the cross and they are obliterated, abolished, and they are changed. There are some things that when they get to the cross, they are destroyed. There are other things when they get to the cross, it moves from the Old Testament to the New Testament. So the cross becomes this Christocentric dividing line in the scriptures. Without proper understanding, you you are going to wrongly divide the word of truth. Cross position is powerful because it is the cross that positioned us in the family of God. It is the cross that positioned us out of condemnation to justification. What is justification? Just as if I never did it. So because of what Jesus did on the cross, everything I did before I met Jesus does not count. I'm going to say that again. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, Everything I did before I met Jesus does not count. So my history changed by the finished work on the cross of Calvary. It is the cross that positioned us out of obscurity to notoriety. It is the cross that positioned us out of sicknesses to divine health. It is the cross that has positioned us out of bondage to deliverance. The nature of sin uh, to the new man in Christ. It is the cross that has, po cross that has positioned us out of guilt 
guilt and shame to joy unspeakable and peace that passeth understanding. This teaching will help you know the difference between wrong positioning versus cross positioning because the only right position in the scripture is the cross position. Any other position of the scripture that you, you, you decide to apply to yourself that is not cross positioned is wrong position. A lot of believers do not know and the, and the word, the Bible, they, they say ignorance is bliss. In the kingdom, what you do not know is what is killing you. This series will give you spiritual biblical intelligence as you begin to see scriptures properly. The effect of cross position is seen in the tenses and the narrative of the scriptures. Ooh. The effect of cross position is seen in the tenses and the narrative of the scriptures. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 and 6. Isaiah 53 verse 5 and 6. It says, for he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. We are healed. Give me verse 6. All we like sheep gone astray have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is Isaiah looking at the cross saying by his stripes we are healed. If you look at 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24 to 25. I hope you're in class this morning. It says who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. By whose stripes ye were healed. So Isaiah says, you are healed. Peter says, you were healed. So the believer is not the one believing God for healing. The believer is the one who is already healed, enforcing his healing in Christ Jesus. Because the believer is already healed, is not going to be healed. What I'm saying is that God is not healing anybody body anymore. God is not trying to cure any disease anymore. If you're in the service this morning and you get healed, it's because you applied faith to take what grace has already provided for you. Because the Bible says by his stripes, ye were healed. Not you are going to be healed. Not that there's plans for you to be healed. It's because you are already healed. So grace makes all things available. Faith makes all things obtainable. So by grace, I am already healed. How do I receive this healing that grace has provided I come into faith to take what all grace has provided because faith is the accurate response to what grace has done give me the next verse 25 for ye were Isaiah says you all are gone astray Peter is saying you for ye were as sheep going astray but are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your soul you see Isaiah is speaking of uh, our past. Peter is speaking of the present, that we were but we have returned to the shepherd and the bishop of our soul. So the effect of cross positioning is seen in the tenses and the narrative of the scriptures. It's seen in the tenses and the narrative of the scriptures. Matthew chapter 6 verse 12. I'm going somewhere with you this morning. It says, and forgive us our debts 
as we forgive our debtors. So there are people who believe that if they do not forgive, God will not forgive them. Please, can I say to you, God is not that childish. He's not your husband. He's not your father. He's not your boo. He's not your proprietor. He's not your landlady. He's not your landlord. And they use this scripture to buttress their point that the Bible says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is insinuating that until we forgive give we are not forgiven and this is not correct because this is wrong positioning this is not cross positioning if you go to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 23 Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 thank you it says and be kind one to another tender-hearted forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you so in Matthew he's saying forgive to be forgiven in Ephesians he's saying you are already forgiven so therefore you forgive. You see the difference? So nobody's going to use your manipulation. You, I mean, if you grew up in churches, like I've been in church for a while, somebody will say they, they, they died and they went to heaven and they could not enter heaven because the angel at the heaven's gate said to them, ah, there's one neighbor in your house that you have not forgiven and they send them back. Go and tell my people that forgiveness will take you to it. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's not what happens. This is the scripture. We then forgive because we are forgiven. If you are dealing with unforgiveness, it hinders you. It does not hinder God. And doesn't God is too faithful to be manipulated, to be managed, to be arrested by your unforgiveness. It hinders you. It hinders your flow. Unforgiveness and bitterness is like you taking poison and expecting the other person to die. You are going to die, not the person. But the Bible says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you because the Old Testament like I said to you last week is a performing contract. The New Testament is an empowering contract. So we do not forgive to be forgiven. We forgive because we are already forgiven. So the cross is vertical and horizontal. I have received the forgiveness of God so I'm able to accurately dispense the forgiveness of God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 13 at the word of 2 or 3 let every truth be established. For bearing one another and forgiving one another if any man have a quarrel against any even as Christ forgave you so also do ye so in the new covenant we forgive because we are forgiving people we are not perfect people in the old covenant we forgive because we want to receive forgiveness manipulation that's manipulation that's manipulation because the only reason I'm forgiving you is because I want God to forgive me. That's manipulation. I should be able to forgive you because I have received forgiveness. So it is a natural flow from me. So if you read Matthew, because Matthew is not New Testament, even if it's in the next part of the Bible. Matthew is eyewitness account of Jesus because Jesus had not died. Hebrew says until the testator dies, the testament is not active. So you cannot call Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, New Testament. They are eyewitness account of Jesus. So you can't take everything in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, hook, line, and sink, and say, look at what the Bible says. No, 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 no. It must be explained in the epistles because the epistles are the accurate interpretation of the scriptures. Am I teaching this morning? Are you listening to me? Accurate interpretation of the scriptures. Hebrews, we're going to deal with this. So the next thing I want to deal with you with cross-position is that keep... keep Cross position, before the cross, 
your sins were covered. After the cross, sins are taken away. Let's deal with it. I'm done with the foundation. I want to start class now. Before the cross, sins are covered. After the cross, your sins are not covered. They are taken away. So if you are thinking God has covered your sins, no, that's wrong interpretation. That's not cross interpretation. That's not cross positioning. Before the cross, sins are covered. After the cross, sins are taken away. So God forgave you all your sins, past, present, and future, because what he did on the cross, he totally took your sins away. He didn't keep some in his finger just to remind you, you know, the other day, you did it, I forgave you. That's your conscience speaking to you, not God. God has no record of your sins. I'll show you in scripture. God has no record of your sins. No record. Hebrews chapter 10 verse, Psalms, Psalms 32 verse 1. Psalms 32 verse 1. Blessed is, the, is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. So you can read this in the book of Psalms and say this is what the Bible says. No, this is wrong positioning. This is not cross positioning. This is David speaking in the Old Testament. David was not born again. All of you that want to dance David dance, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my life, I will dance like, David wants to dance your dance. Why do you want to dance David dance? David was not born again. If he comes now, we go to Bible class. He will learn scriptures. Listen to his songs. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Ghost from me. That's not New Testament. And we sing it in church with scatter from our nose and tears, whole tears. Cast me not away. Take. The Spirit of God says, I will be with you till the end of the ages. That's New Testament. David did not have the Spirit of God. He was not born again. So you shouldn't be dancing David's dance. David is trying to dance your dance. So this is David's declaration. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. David. Psalm 85 verse 2. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered their sins. This is David speaking. This is not New Testament. So if you don't understand cross positioning, you will take this scripture and say, Father, thank you because all my sins are covered. And the angels will be looking at you and say, who's this one? Where are you coming from? Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1 to 4. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the commerce thereon to perfect. Give me verse 2. Let's, let's see. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers, once purge, should have had no more conscience of sins. Give me verse 3. But in those sacrifices, watch this, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. That means in the old covenant, you bring a lamb this year. The next year, you are bringing another lamb. So you are conscious of your sins. But see verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. You see that? So what the blood of bulls and goats did then was it covered sins. Are you with me? It did not take away sins. It covered sins for a while. Hebrews 10 verse 10 to 14. Hebrews 10 verse 10 to 14. 
by the which we, we, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ Jesus once for all. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm sanctified. No, the neighbor doesn't believe you. You yourself don't believe yourself the way you said it. So say it again, say, I'm sanctified. Tell the neighbor, I know, I know you know what I did last week, but I'm sanctified. <laughs> uh, I'm sanctified. Because what makes you sanctified is by the offering of the body once and for all. Give me verse 11. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. Are you saying this? So the Old Testament, it covered sins. In the New Testament, it takes away sin. He's saying their sacrifice couldn't take away sin. Give me the next verse. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. 13, 13. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. 14. For by one offering he had perfected forever them that are sanctified. So the Old Testament covered sins. The New Testament takes away sins. Because I needed to be conscious that this is righteousness consciousness and not sin consciousness. Some of you still pray in the morning, Father, today, as I go out, I don't want to sin. That's sin consciousness. I don't want to sin. No. How about praying, Father, thank you because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Everything I give birth is righteous. Because anything you confess, you give power to. Anything you confess, you give power to. That's why in the New Testament, there's no accurate teaching of confession of sins. It's confessing righteousness. So you don't confess what you do. You confess what he has done. You confess what he has done. Are, are you with me this morning? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11 to 14. Give me the message translation. Petty message. It says every priest, I love this guy, every priest goes to work at the altar each day, offers the same old sacrifices year in, year out, and never makes a dent in the sin problem. So their sacrifices didn't make a dent, didn't make any impact in the sin problem, didn't fix nothing. As a priest, Christ made a single sacrifice for sins one time. And that was it. Then he sat down right beside God and waited for his enemies to cave in. It was perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some very imperfect people. Ah, yeah. It was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some people who are imperfect. That's powerful. So the death of Jesus was a perfect sacrifice. If it's perfect, it doesn't need upgrading. It's perfect. It doesn't need upgrading. No, 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 no. For anything the Lord does, is eternal. Perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect people who are not perfect. So anytime they, 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 you insult the cross of Calvary, I need you to know the, the way it angers me because of this revelation. Because what Jesus did is total, is perfect, is entirely complete, needs no upgrade. What he said on the cross, it, it is finished, not to be continued. Not season one, wait for season two. By that single offering, he did everything that needed to be done for everyone who takes part in the purifying process. Next, is there anything more? That's it. That's it. So you see, he, the perfect man 
perfect sacrifice to perfect people who are not perfect. That's the power of the gospel. That's the power. Hebrews chapter 9, 26 to 28. Hebrews chapter 9, 26 to 28. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, my sins are taken away. One more time. Say, my sins have been taken away. Oh, come on, say it one more time. My sins have been taken away. I am no longer a sinner. I have been saved by the grace of God. Hebrews 9, verse 26 to 28. Hebrews 9, 26 to 28. Say, my sins have been taken away. Come on, say it one more time. Say, my sins have been taken away. My sins have been taken away. So in the Old Testament, they covered sins. In the New Testament, it is taken away, totally taken away. For then must he often have suffered sins, the foundations of the world. But now once in the end of the world, had he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. See, he put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Give me verse 27. Let's go to 28. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after that the judgment. You know why we're not afraid of judgment? The Bible says, hearing is love made perfect. Even in the day of judgment, we are not afraid because as he is, so are we in this world. Give me verse 28. Give me. So Christ was once offered. Somebody say once offered. I can't hear you. Say once offered. So Christ was once offered. So all of you that tried to kill Jesus every morning, I plead the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is not flowing again. The name of Jesus is a master key. The blood of Jesus is a receipt. Because some of you still have that home video mentality. Father, as I'm traveling, I cover the road with the blood. So in your mind, you obviously see blood. It's a native doctor home video mentality that has soiled your mind. The name of the blood of Jesus is a receipt. It was once shed for all sins, once shed for all men, once shed on the cross of Calvary. It's not a flowing blood, eternal flowing. It's just flowing. It still has power because the power is eternal, but the, the sacrifice once offered. To bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So when Jesus shows up the second time, he's not looking for sin, he's looking for salvation. That's the, that's the plan. Are you getting blessed this morning? Don't worry, I will take you to the mountain. No, I just want to lay foundation so that you understand. Because sin has been paid once and for all, for all God sees... What God sees in the believer, he sees the believer through the cross. That's why Colossians chapter 1 verse 14, it says, we have received redemption and the forgiveness of sins. It says, in whom we have redemption through his blood by the cross. Even the forgiveness of sins. So I'm not believing God for forgiveness. I already have forgiveness of sins. I already have forgiveness of sins. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, I believe. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. He didn't say out of the riches of his grace. He says according. So God forgave you with everything that he has, everything that he is, according to the riches of his grace. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor one more time, I am forgiven. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear you tell your neighbor one more time, I am forgiven. I, I know you, you know what I did, you have the videos, you have my tea, you sip them every morning, but I am forgiven. I am not a perfect person, but I am forgiven. I am forgiven of God. Let's deal with deliverance from the cross point. Are you ready for this? So I've dealt with sin from the cross point. Before the cross, it was covered. After the cross, it is what? Oh, come on, I, I need to hear you. It is what? 
Before the cross, sin was covered. After the cross, sin is what? That's why nobody can call a child of God a sinner. No, no, no. It has been taken away. So when you receive salvation, the gift of salvation, guess what? You've received his life and all your sins are taken away. You're not a sinner. You have been saved by grace. You say, but the Bible says we are sinners saved by... Choose one. Two contradictory positions cannot be the case. What it says is that I was drowning, but the lifeguard brought me out. So I may still have water in my belly, but I'm no longer in the water. So how do I take the water from my system? Romans chapter 12, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now take it, the engrafted word of God that is able to save your soul. But I cannot be called the, the guy in the water anymore. You have been saved by, you know a lot of believers don't know this. They still believe they are, they are still sinners. And so when they come to church, you know those prayers they used to pray in my father's church. You know, let's pray, beginning of pray. Um, any sin that want to stop the move of God in this service, you know all of us we are sinners and sin can stop. Why, why, why do you think you think so highly of your sin to think that your sin will stop the entire move of God in the service? It was your sin that took him to the cross. It was your sin that moved him to the cross. I've showed you times with that number. When is a competition between grace and sin? Grace wins hands down. That's what the Bible says. Hands down. So to think that your sin is so powerful that Jesus said, ah, no, I can't move in this place. There's sin here. The Bible says the more sin abound, grace even abound, the more. So it is still the grace of God that you will need to bring the people, fetch them out of their sin. As I'm talking, I'm dealing with some strongholds here. You know believers that were, they give their lives in 1928. So what I'm saying right now, they are, they are, you know, they are jabbing it like, mm, bah, bah. don't worry. I'm showing you scriptures. You can't argue the Bible. You can't argue. Because what we do here is not in CGCs, it's exegesis. It's not putting my opinion in the scriptures. Let the scripture speak for itself. So let's see deliverance from the cross point. How many of you have ever been to those deliverance houses before? No, they don't, raise, don't raise your hand. Just nod your head. <laughs> don't raise your hand. Just nod your head in your mind. Mm. And they'll tell you to remove your wig, remove your nails. Yeah, then you now tie bandana or something like that on your head. You look like your grandmother. You stay there. Some of you went to mountains. And you, Mimo, ah, Baba, eh, Baba, eh, Mimo, eh, Olua, eh, uh, You've been there before, right? Or they will... Eh. Then before you married, you send the name to four prophets. And say, at least from the four, did we choose one? I will not know the one. Eh? <laughs> okay. So let's see, because that thing came from our native doctor's mentality. That thing that our grandfather used to do. So they brought it to church, and pastors have become consultational people. Pastor, shall I travel this week? I say, what are you asking me for? Am I the weather forecast? Check your flight ticket if they sit on your flight and travel. Please tell me. Did I travel this week? I've seen it all. Serious. And it's because we have believers who don't know who they are in Christ. So they always need a pastor to give them moral support. And the pastors who know this take advantage of you the more. Because that's the only way to get your juice flowing. But me, I will tell you the truth. You won't like me. It's the truth. But so once they know that, ah, sister, hold on. Let me, let me pray. I'll come back to you. You say, hey, my prophet is praying. He's praying. He's praying. Daddy say no, daddy say no, daddy say no, we're not traveling. Daddy say no, daddy, daddy, ah, daddy, 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 daddy say no, 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 daddy, uh, uh, daddy say no, daddy say no. Just keep looking straight, too, because some of you, your mother still calls you and tells you, and you know, daddy went to the mountain, and you know, daddy now said something. You still have those issues. 
Why? It's because we do not know who we are in Christ. And that is so painful because it is a total insult on the finished work on the cross of Calvary. To say a believer needs deliverance, what you are saying is that you bought a brand new car without AC, without steering. That means your salvation is not come. Any salvation experience that requires extra deliverance, there's something wrong with our salvation. There's something wrong with our salvation. So let's see this from the scriptures. <laughs> Are you ready for this? <laughs> Somebody said to me, Jesus casted out demons. I said, to who? Or from who? Jesus casted out demons from unbelievers. There was nobody born again. Are you aware? Nobody was born again when Jesus was here. It was when he left that born again experience showed up in the upper room. So Jesus cast out demons from unbelievers, not believers. So show me where Apostle Paul, Peter, or John had the deliverance service in Ephesians, in Colossians, in Philippians, in Thessalonians, in Philemon. Show me. And Paul says, and he gathered the people and said to them, you spirit of Bezebel that is within thee, come out of thee. And they rode, 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 and they jumped out of them. Did, did you see it in the Bible? So why are you doing what you cannot substantiate with the scriptures? If I tell some people to pray now, after 20 minutes, what do you hear? My father's house, my mother's house, my father's house, my mother's house. What, what is your father's house and your mother's house? You are now in the family of God. So why are you not paying attention to the family that you belong to? So let's see scriptures. Because this pastor don't talk again. He never see African, you see, bro. My mama na worry, my papa na binin. There's no level of doings that I've not seen. I've seen a man who slept in the house and woke up outside. <laughs> yes. I went, I went to Baptist High School, Bidino. Olubushere, if you remember very well. I didn't go to Queen's College, all these boys, all these things, no. You will know Jesus from where, you will know Jesus from where I come from. You will know, they will not tell you. So I've seen, so don't tell me this guy doesn't, no, 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 no. I can tell you stories for days, but those stories will not help you. What I need to show you is the story on the cross, because that's the powerful story. Those stories are useless. I need to show you the stories on the cross of Calvary, or the ones we dealt with in school. Till one day somebody gossiped in school. If you shake flourish, the jazz will fail. I didn't even know. That means I, I didn't go to school pray Malakataba as I go today in the name of Jesus. Every jazz, as I shake them, they fall. I just went to school normal. Hey, Gafana, say, I don't shake flourish. Shake and your jazz go fail. It is, it is knowledge. Let me tell you what you need to turn this light on. Eh, it's not a big engine, it's a socket. Once you know the socket, the light comes on. The socket does not respond to age or maturity. It responds to knowledge. So I had, uh, I have a family from Delta State who the man has a gun, popular name. And one of the sons, when he was young, went to the father's room and engaged the trigger. He trigger and I said, ah, you're a small boy now. You're a small boy. It opened fire and almost killed his brother. So you shall know the truth, John 8, 32. And the truth shall set you free. So every time you come into truth and power, you come into real expression of the goodness and the fullness of God. So it doesn't respond to engine. No, it's just light. You turn it on, it turns on. I have a daughter who's 
just a little above one year. And you can say, no, when she puts the hand in the socket, because she's young, the socket will not say, oh, oh, cutie, and will not shock you, it will shock you. <laughs> That's the truth. So we often think that this thing happened by, it's not spiritual maturity, it's just knowledge. Oh, the last time he says, somebody threw one jazz in my family house. So I went there, walked around the house, prayed for the house, greeted mom, see, and I left. But I know some people, if it happens, hey, jazz in this house, let's declare two days of prayer and fasting and vigil. Hey, let me take this time. To, no, 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 it's just knowledge. Jesus woke up from the storm and said, peace be still. It was not a one, one hour of intercession. I believe that peace be still was too much for the storms. No, it's too much for the storms. Too much. Too much for the storms. So what Jesus actually said to his people, he said to his disciples, peace to the storm, be still. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? It's knowledge. Just say you don't know. Stop. He didn't say, ah, don't you know that I am, that I am, I am, that I am, that I am, that I am. No, no, no. He just said, peace, be still. Can you? That guy called Jesus, that supernatural lives inside of you. As you go to work on Monday, when you get to your office, say, peace, be still. When you get home, say, peace, be still. Look at your account, say, peace, be still. Lay hands on your children, say, peace, be still. I do not want to preach today. I want to teach. You guys are pushing me. Peace be still. Upon the second wave, peace be still. Not two, three steps, four steps. You now get ready. Say, are you ready for this prayer? It's a powerful prayer. Or you're tired away. So you shake your head and say. One of my daughters said she went for prayers in a certain church. And they told her to pull her slippers and say, the way your slippers has suffered, so will your enemy suffer. Begin to pray. I said, from where? What? So we are, now, we are now creating movies from prayers. Demon of poverty, come to my right. Demon of all time needed, come to my left. What are you waiting for? Begin to destroy yourself. You are in the middle. Jesus died for them too. So how do you know wrong prayer that are not cross position? Fire! What is it? What's the problem? God is not trying to kill anybody. We'll deal with that next week. Kill who? If they say over their dead body you will not succeed, then they die. It's not God who killed them. Thou are snared by the words of your mouth. Period. The Bible says, he that digeth a grave shall fall inside. So if you go and dig a grave for me, you fall inside. So who killed you? You killed you. Not God. Take responsibility for that. Stop putting everything on God. It's not a testimony. After two weeks of fasting, hmm, my mother-in-law, die. Die. No. When I just, die. That's not a testimony. And we say it in church as if God got angry and answered you by fire. Which fire? The spirit of Elijah that is in church. For this is not the days are not the days of Elijah. These are the days of flourish. 
these are the days of MVV. These are the days of Stanley. These are the days of Mandela. These are the days of Peculiar. These are the days of Muji. These are the days of the Jacob. Because Christ is in me. That's it. Let's deal with this deliverance thing and close. Deliverance. <laughs> ah, now, uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Like I said to you, check the tenses. Tenses. I believe we went to school a little bit. Some of us, a lot. I think the reason why the old fathers of faith couldn't teach Bible effectively is because they did not know English. And the ones who know English, like I've said before, religion can put a spectacle on the professor of English that is not able to see revelation in scriptures. So they read with the spectacle of religion. See, who hath past tense is not about to. So once you get born again, that is who hath delivered, past tense, us from the power of darkness and hath, past tense, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. It don't happen. Thank you. So what, what, what do you think the believer needs? Revelation. I have been delivered. So what do you do? You proclaim your deliverance. I am delivered. So you can still wake up and have that funny dream. Wake up and say, devil, you're trying to mess with yourself. It's not me. I am delivered. I have been moved. He says he delivered me from the power of darkness and translated me. So he didn't bring me to the airport and left me at the airport. He took me into the city. And translated me into the kingdom of his dear son. Bible. Give me the message translation. Message. He has rescued us completely, not partially. Are you seeing this? From the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. So, if you are going through any kind, let me, a child of God cannot be possessed. A child of God can be oppressed. Oppression and possession are not the same. To say a child of God is possessed, what you are saying is that Jesus and the devil are living in one building. And my God is not a squatter. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. A child of God can be oppressed from ignorance. Now the manifestation of oppression and possession may look alike, but they are not the same. Why can the child of God be oppressed? Ignorance. You do not know. Hosea 4 verse 6a. My people perish for lack of knowledge. So the day you wake up and say, ah, no, this thing is illegal. Christ has paid it all. End of discussion. End of discussion. Are you seeing the scripture? So how can you tell me that this child of God is possessed? By who? The child of God is already possessed by the Holy Ghost. The child of God, for the spirit of God, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So the child of God is already possessed by the power of the Holy Ghost. You see that? We're going to deal with some things this morning. And then you tell me, no, but when I went there, something happened. In the kingdom, the end does not justify the means. God is interested in the process in his entirety and totality. For God said to Moses... Do not strike the rock the second time. Speak to the rock. Yet Moses struck the rock. Right? Water came out. So result is not a sign that God was in the process. 
Result is not, yeah, wow, you got it. It's not a sign that God was in the process. And nobody died having drunk that water. And the Bible says they drank of the water because Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock. And they all died from purge. And no, 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 no. They all lived well. But destroying the typology and the shadows and types of Christ, Moses didn't see the promised land. Hiya. Can I, can I work on this a little bit? So Emmanuel, what stops you from entering the promised land? Is you striking the rock for the second time. Because striking the rock for the second time means that the first one is not enough. Because the first rock is the crucified Christ. The second one is the glorified Christ. The glorified Christ should not be, hit, be, 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 be what's the word again? You, struck, rather. But spoken to. But the first Christ, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. So anytime you strike the rock the second time, what you are saying is that the first sacrifice is not enough. That is what takes you from moving into the promised land. The rejection of the first sacrifice. Bible. So I say, but if you sin, you are striking the rock the second time. No, 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 no. It's when you believe that this one that Jesus has done is not enough. You want to do another one. Have you ever heard of generational curses? That's because of what your father and your mother did. Some of you go to deliverance ministries like women going to a dirty toilet and then you collect infectious diseases that you did not have. So the demon jumped on you during the deliverance ministry because you went there to collect what you did not have. So let's see Bible. Even from the Old Testament, God has been addressing this issue. Jeremiah 31, 29. In those days, which days? These days that we are in. They shall say no more. The fathers have eaten a sour grape and the children's teeth are set on the edge. It was dealt with. That in the days to come, this thing will be destroyed. Jeremiah 31 verse 29. I'm showing you Bible. Ezekiel 18, 1 to 3. The word of the Lord came unto me saying, What mean ye that ye use this proverb concerning the land of Israel saying, The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on the edge. Three, as I leave it, said the Lord God, ye shall not have occasion anymore to use this proverb in Israel. I'm showing you Bible now. They will still go there and confuse you. Show them this Bible. That's why I love this big screen. Because we are all reading it together. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? Have you heard of foundational problems? So I'm talking to you, Bruno. You have prayed. My foundation. My foundation. Hey, Father. Foundation. Hey, foundation. Hey, foundation. Hey, foundation. Hey, foundation. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, AMPC. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. I'm showing you Bible. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is already a 
led which is Jesus Christ the Messiah the anointed one so who is your foundation oh I can't hear you who is your foundation I can't hear you louder who is your foundation so eh, clearly and we used to sing it in children's so Jesus you're my fair fan you went there right I know I can stand oh Jesus yeah people give their life to Christ two years ago they don't know come on I put my hope up. yeah see group Jesus Jesus you're my fair I I put, I put my hope in your holy love. How did we move from this song to Lord, I answer it by fire? Let it be my girl, Lord, I answer it by fire. <laughs> How did you transition there? He's saying that Jesus is your firm foundation. So when you pray, can I teach you how to pray? My foundation is Christ. My foundation is Christ. My genealogy is Christ. He is the tree. The Bible says I'm the branch. In the name of Jesus, I decree what is not in Christ cannot show up in my life. What is not in Jesus cannot show up in my life. I can die like my father. I can die like my mother. I can go down like my predecessors. Why? Because my case is different. I'm in Christ justified. He's in me. That is how to pray in the New Testament. After next week Sunday, the Upper Wednesday will do cross testamentalization prayers that you understand how to pray. Pray. Anybody that's coming from my father's side, anyone that's coming, everybody that's coming. David says, "The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be? When my enemies and my foes came up to eat up my flesh, I did not pray. I did not fast. I did not. Sh- they stumbled and they fell." Colossians 3, verse 3. Colossians 3. For ye are dead and kosher, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Hey, so how do they monitor you to Christ? You are dead, and this your life is hid in Christ and in God. So to get me, you have to go through Christ. Eh? Destroy Christ. Go through God to get me. That's what the Bible says. Give me TPT. Colossians 3 verse 3. I'm showing you Bible. Because then you say that man, he's just the preacher. I'm showing, I've used over 40 scriptures already. Just to portray my point. So at the end I can tell you with these few words of mine. Your crucifixion with Christ was severed. Has Christ has severed the tie of this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God in Christ. That means your crucifixion. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't just die for us, he died as us. Yeah, yeah. He didn't just die for us, he died. He's saying your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. So he said, my father's house, you are no longer there. You're no longer in that life. 
and now your true life is hidden away in God in Christ scriptures Colossians 2 14 and 15 scriptures 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 Baya hey this scripture they do me one kind It says, blotting out the handwriting. (laughs) Of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way. Why? Nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Publicly embarrassed them. He canceled the contract and the sin you think your grandfather did, that is a he nailed it completely to the cross triumphing over them. So the cross was the cancelling point. Yeah. The legal document was there, but the cross became the cancelling point. I don't know about you, I'm very, give me the message, I'm excited. Hey. Jennifer, you got it. It says the slate wipe cleaned. Udayado, that old arrest warrant, cancel and go kosher and nail and flourish. Calm down, you're not going to preach. You want to teach today? And nail to the cross. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of the Assam authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. Disgrace them for you. So every time the devil tries to say, devil, I know what happened. Colossians 2, 14 and 15. The cross was the counseling point. I know everybody dies by cancer, but my case is different. I know my auntie died in childbirth, but my case is different. I know my mother went down in business, but my case is different. I know my father was stuck, but my case is different. I can die like them because by faith, I have received the finished work on the cross of Calvary, and my case is different. If this is your word this Sunday morning, I dare you to throw your hands up, open up your mouth even in your mask, and shout, my case is different. Give me the New Living Translation. It says, he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. He now says, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Are you seeing scriptures? God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Not what the pastor said. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Give me in TPT. TPT did a lot of damage here. 
petit petit dit dans mes yeux. He canceled out every legal violation. So did we have legal violation? Yes. He canceled it. We had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us, he erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul, he deleted it. He deleted it all. They cannot be retrieved. Not be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of consolation. Bible. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. I don't care what your bishop told you. I don't care what they told you in Sunday school. This is what God says. Whose report will you believe? So the cross was the counseling point. So it is illegal for a believer to suffer demonic oppression and possession. Is because he or she doesn't know. I love my mom so much because my dad was a pastor. And PK from third generation. So we used to have, Mommy, I'm scared because deliverance will happen in my house. They didn't know better. They thought when people fall and roll on the ground, it's a sign of anointing and power. And so I was exposed to that affected me. My mom called me, said, don't worry. Greater is he that is in you. One of the early scriptures I learned as a child, it saved me in secondary school because I met diabolical boys in school because native doctor Pekin, now how to kill it, they learn first. Because they are of their father, the devil. He cometh not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. So if there's any scripture I knew earlier was, greater is he that is in me than the devil that is in the world. That truth was powerful. It has grown with me. My mom taught me how to use the scripture. I said, next time, don't be quiet. A closed mouth is a closed destiny. Open up your mouth and speak back. Don't be quiet. And I learned this truth and I'm still learning it. So no devil in hell can come and say, hey, in your father's, no, 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 no. My father's house. The Bible says, he's the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in the earth and in heaven are joined together. I'm in the family of God. I'm no longer in that family. Can I teach you how to pray? I pray prayers. I'm not of the Peter's household. I'm not of the Bonemus clan. We are in Christ. Christ is it. So we disengage and dismantle. That's how to pray right. Because faith... Faith is not ignoring fact. It's proclaiming truth. So faith is not, yeah, Andoko, that's powerful. Faith is not ignoring fact, it's proclaiming. Faith is, I know that X, Y, Z happens in my household, but I have faith in God's words to change this. For you shall also decree thing, and it shall be established. So the cross point, deliverance was activated on the cross. Once you receive Jesus, the deliverer lives inside of you. So you don't need deliverance because the deliverer lives inside of you. 
What does this have to do with numbers? I'm glad because you've been waiting all day. Numbers 22 verse 6. The king Balak was afraid of Israel's spread and went to hire Balaam and said to Balaam, Come now, therefore, I pray thee, cost me these people. For they are too mighty for me. They are on too much. Peradventure, I shall prevail that we may smite them and that I may drive them out of the land. For I would that he whom thou blessed is blessed and whom thou cursed is cursed. God showed up to Balaam. Numbers 22 verse 12. Say, don't try that rubbish. I have blessed these people and no man can curse and God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. Are you seeing that? <laughs> Balaam, they kept visiting Balaam, promising him power, prophets. So we'll give you good offering. We, we, we will do this and do that. Balaam, the angel of the Lord told Balaam, even before this Balaam's movement, something happened in this chapter. I have never seen it in my life. My people said to bite, that the dog bites is not a news. It's not news. That you did bite dog, that's breaking news. A man went to bite the dog. <laughs> is it news that the dog, oh, there's one guy, dog, you'll bite the guy. That's not, that's not news. Say this guy, he bite dog, dog die. <laughs> he give dog rabies. That is breaking news. Balaam did it. Give me verse 25 to 31. Let me show you African magic. Pure one. And when the donkey, because Balaam entered his donkey and was going to curse Israel. So the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself onto the wall and crushed Balaam's foot again against the wall. And he smote her again. So Balaam has been beating his donkey. Balaam woke up in the morning, entered his donkey. Donkey refused to move. How will you feel if you enter your car in the morning, you start it, it doesn't start. You start it, it doesn't start, and he casts to you, now what for you? You know, go rest, say, I don't want to move. How will, won't you run away from the car? Balaam spoke back to the donkey. Balaam gave mind though. He talked to the donkey back. Give me verse 20, 26. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. 27. And when the ass, the donkey, saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled. He was not getting sense that my donkey is sending me a message. You are a prophet of God. And he smote the ass with his staff. Give me verse 28. And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. And she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee, bros? That thou hast meeting me these three times. Give me verse 29. And Balaam said unto the donkey. Ho, oh, this one off me. Balaam said to the donkey. Because thou hast mocked me. And I would dare wear a sword in my hand. I would have killed thee. 30. And the ass said unto Balaam. You, are, you, are, you have moved past. You are talking with your car. 
Because there are some people who are just determined to curse you. So they are acting like mad people. They are determined to curse you. That's why they are acting like mad people. And the ass said unto Balaam, I'm not I thine ass, I'm not be your donkey. Upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was died unto this day. The bad, the <laughs> donkey they give his CV. Say, I don't deal with you, pay. I know they behave like this before. Huh. Was I ever won't do so unto thee? And he said, hey, Balaam, hey God, Balaam. He answered the dog. He said, yes, you are right. You have not done this to me before. Then the Lord opened his eyes of Balaam and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and he saw drawn in his hand and he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. Balaam sees in Stopo. When the angel of the Lord saw that Balaam was going, he said to Balaam, go, go. But when you get there, I will put my words in your mouth. I will tell you what to speak. Numbers 23, 1 and 2. And Balaam said unto Balak, Build me here seven altars, and prepare me here seven oxen, and seven rams. And Balak did as Balaam had spoken, and Balak and Balaam offered on every altar a bullock and ram. God wants me to tell somebody, let them do the juju. Let them use cow. Let them use ram. Let them use human sacrifice. Shade, this is a word for you. It will not work. It's not for these people. Let me try. Let them use juju. Let them go to the air and let them go underground. Let them use your hair. Let them use your underwear. Let them use your khakis. Let them use your slippers. It will not work. One more time, just in case the person was sleeping in the first two times. God said I should tell somebody. And Shadi, you came in my heart and the spirit whilst I was preparing this message. So it's a word for you, but for a word for everybody. Let them gather their enchantment. Let them use dogs. Let them use graves. Let them go to the sea. Let them fly in the sky. God wants me to tell you, it will not work. If that is your word, shout amen, somebody. So they did this. At this point, Balaam tried to curse the people of God. Guess what happened? Balaam blessed them. 23 verse 11. Now, Balak is frustrated. Balaam is frustrated. And Balak said unto Balaam, what hast thou done unto me? I took thee to curse my enemies. And behold, thou hast blessed them all together. At this, stay with me, I'm almost done. Five minutes. If you, mix, if you miss the next five minutes, you have missed it. At this point, both Balaam, the prophet, and Balak, the king, are confused. They don't know what's happening. So the prophet wanted to inquire of the Lord. Why? Why are these people so blessed that I can't curse them? Numbers chapter 24. I'm showing you Bible. 1 and 2. And when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel... He went not as at other times to seek for enchantment, but set his face towards the wilderness to pray. Give me verse 2. And Balaam lifted up his eyes and saw Israel abiding in his tents. According to their tribes. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him. So he went... And climbed and looked and saw Israel in their tents 
according to their tribes. For the tent is not a, is not a place, it's a person, his name is Jesus. For you are dead and your life is hidden in Christ and Christ in God. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and they are safe. So in the tent, it was just a tent. But in the New Testament, this tent is a person. His name is Jesus. So if you are in Christ, no cause, no judgment, no accusation can come upon you. It's easy to preach the tent. But he said, hold on a minute. And according to their tribes, and there are 12 tribes of Israel. Give me my first slide. I want to show you the tribes. Give me my first slide. Oh God, I pray that they won't mess me up today. Give me the, so, the, the, so you notice in this, the first slide, take the scripture out. This is the west side. Benjamin, Manasseh, and Ephraim. It's in Numbers chapter 2 verse 18. On the west side shall be the standard of the camp of Ephraim. Um, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. I pray that God you understand it. And the captains of the sons of Ephraim shall be El Shammah, the sons of Amihud. Give me the, the next slide. Give me the next slide. Give me the next slide. Give me the next slide. Oh God. The east side, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. How do I know the east side? It's in Numbers chapter 2 verse 3. And on the east side, towards the rising of the sun, shall they of the standard of the camp of Judah pitch throughout their armies. And Nashram, the son of Amina, shall be captain of the children of Judah. Give me the south side. The south side has Reuben, Simeon, and Gath. How do I know that? Numbers chapter 2 verse I am substantiating it by scriptures. GD. And on the south side shall be the standard of the camp of Reuben according to their armies. And the captain of the children of Reuben shall be Eluzer, the son of Shida. Give me the north side. Give the north side shall be Naphtali, Asher, and Dan. I'm getting excited. And the standard of the camp of Dan shall be on the north side of the armies. And the captain of the children of Dan shall be Eliza. Now give me the north, east, west, and south. My fifth slide. So if you look at the camp, it's a cross. If you look at the camp, it is a cross. Cross position. So every time he climbed and wanted to cross, what God was seeing was the cross. Give me 23, Numbers 23, verse 23. Let me find Numbers 23, verse 21. It is because of this that God said, I have not beheld iniquity in Jacob. Because every time God looks at the believer from the cross, there is no judgment. There is only justification. I have not beheld iniquity in Jacob. Neither have I seen perverseness in Israel. Give me verse 23. Surely no enchantment. No cause, no deliverance service, nothing, no divination against Israel. Why? There was a cross. North, east, west, and south. So when Balaam climbed, he saw the tents and the tribes. It was a sign of the crossing. 
have been able to convince you and not confuse you. That God sees you through the cross. So no weapon fashioned against you will be able to prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, it is condemned because God sees you through the cross. And then the Ark of the Covenant was at the middle. Of, so God was within them. For God was in Christ. And I'm all Reconciling the word to himself. So when God sees us, he sees us through the cross position. And from the cross position, no curse can come upon your life. No curse can come upon your life. This is why Balaam struggled to curse until God showed him what was the issue. They are in their tents and they are in the tribe. For the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. This cross, because on the cross, there was cancellation at the cross. If this happened in the Old Covenant, when Jesus had not died, in types and shadow, what of you, of whom the Bible says he was wounded for your transgressions, he was bruised for your iniquities, the chastisement of your peace was upon him, and with his stripes you are healed. I declare upon your life, if there's anyone struggling with a demonic oppression, I command it, it is illegal. I send you an eviction notice out of your home, out of your house, out of your family, out of your job, out of your businesses, out of your career, out of your health, out of everything that concerns you in the name of Jesus. If this is your word, lift your hands so thank you, Jesus. Stand on your feet, I'm done. I'm done. Hope. That's work in properly dividing the word of truth and seeing Jesus that because of the finished work on the cross of Calvary, you cannot be caused. If the finished work doesn't address the cause, it's not a finished work, it's to be continued work. But when he died, he said it is finished. I want you to now take two minutes and I want you to pray violently intentionally knowing that Christ has set you free for he whom the son has set free is free indeed and begin to challenge every delay every obstacle everything fighting your progress I thought you'll be praying right now we're over we we're one 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 minute 30 seconds we're done I just need to pray I decree I am fruitful I will carry my baby no enchantment against me no divination against me it will not work because the cross speaks for me the blood of Jesus speak it better things than the blood of Abel. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. In the name of Jesus, open up your mouth and pray. Open up your mouth and pray. God sees me through the cross. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God sees me through the cross. I am above and not beneath. I am a champion. I spread my wings and fly. I am all God says I am. I am where God
God says I am at, I'm what God says I am in the name of Jesus. I will have everything that God says is for me in the name of Jesus. Somebody open up your mouth. I run, I overtake, I recover all, I move by the strength of the Spirit in the name of Jesus. I am not what I did, for He made Him to be seen. Who do you know, sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? I decree and declare, I am blessed of the Lord. Every curse is broken, every chain is destroyed, every barrier is put down in the name of Jesus. Open up your mouth and pray. for people who believe that there's something pursuing you from your father's house. I just want to let you know nothing is pursuing you. The cross is speaking for you. I am Andoko. I said the cross is speaking for you. The Bible says the blood of Jesus speaketh better things than the blood of Abel, the blood of bulls and goats. I decree I amplify the speakings of the blood of Jesus over your house. I said I amplify the speakings of the blood of Jesus over your house, over your businesses. I rebuke the delay. We break through prevailing sustaining powers of darkness. We decree in the name that is above every other name. Be broken in the name of Jesus. We decree let there be light and let the reign of God's presence in the name of Jesus. You are cross-positioned. Anything that the cross has dealt with, I won't pay for. So can I decree to you, you won't die untimely. Here, Yanamakosha. You won't die untimely. Can I speak to somebody? Your business will not know dive. You move from glory to glory by the Spirit of God and the help of the Holy Ghost. Somebody from today, your experience is the experience of the spirit. You will sleep and you will sleep well. Your sleep will be sweet. Your business, the Bible says the more they persecuted them, the more they grow. The more they try to hinder you, the more God will give you expansion on every side in the name of Jesus. Why? The cross speaks for you. Can you take the next 20 seconds to just clap your hands, church? And just say, Lord, thank you for the finished work on the cross of Calvary.